What's up, fantasy nerds? Coming to you with another live episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast, brought to you by your boys Ozan. And Wink. What's uh, going on? Happy to have you guys back. In today's episode, we are finishing up the division breakdowns, so we will be covering the NFC West. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, a lot of lot of good fantasy-relevant players in this division. So. And very few first-round draft picks. All that and more coming to you next on this episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gates deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. All right. Well, glad to have you guys. Thanks for joining again. We're excited to be here as always. Um, yeah, going into the NFC West, the last division we've got for you before we start running through some rankings and then eventually we'll get to some mock drafts and some real fun shit too. So um, yeah, happy to be here. And I don't know if there's any real breaking news there really to cover. We could probably jump right into the No, the not on the injury front or like the suspension front. There really isn't a whole lot no, that has nothing, been involved. Nothing fantasy-wise. Kayvon Thibodeau got hurt today, so that's a bummer yeah, for Yeah, but. but they didn't really have a whole lot to look forward to anyways. No. So I think that they, in the big scheme of it, it might help them going forward with maybe a better draft pick if their defense is even worse than it was already going to be. So. And we don't we don't know how bad it is either yet. It might not be that bad. Uh, plan, but. Oh, I thought you meant their defense. I'm like, oh, it's bad. The defense bad. is bad. Oh, it's I bad. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know how bad his knee We're is. Not, we don't need to question that. But... Um, at any rate, uh, we'll uh, we will digress from that topic. Yeah, for so. sure. If you wanted to listen to us bitch about the Giants, you could just go check out our episode of the NFC East podcast, and you should be good to go. For sure, um, NFC West. You got a team you want to start with? I uh, let's start with the Super Bowl champs. I think they've earned their respect. Let's uh, let's do lie. it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, good old Stan Kroenke and the boys. Uh, oh, boys. I love the Rams. I will say, from a fantasy perspective. This is all hypothetical because it may happen, but it may not. Because Van Jefferson went down with an injury, and he's going to be shaky going forward. And he did take a good step last year from an offensive perspective. If they bring Odell back, Matthew Stafford might end up as QB like three. The only thing that worries me with Stafford is that he's already dealing with an elbow problem. Yeah, well, he's that been was dealing with an elbow problem since fucking his forever. rookie year in Detroit yeah. when he decided to tough out every game because he had no help and his line was letting him get hit 14 times a game. Yeah, the, the elbow, it's a concern, yes, for me, but he was also dealing with the same thing last year, and it's like, okay, well. If he it, ma- yeah, he managed it. As long as it doesn't get worse, he's going to be fine. Uh, and he's got great wide receivers. Yeah, he's going to have the, the scheme... The wide receiver talent that they've got, I think, is even better than they had last year. With if with he doesn't Robinson. give up on them, um, so I I really do think that the talent around him is probably better than it was last year. Minus the fact the, the offensive line did lose a little bit. No bloom. I'm or, not gonna cap, dude. Allen Robinson could be a league winner this year. Seriously, Robert I, Woods thrived in this offense as a wide receiver too, and Allen Robinson has something to prove. Everyone he's thinks he's a joke because of what he did last year in Chicago, essentially giving up on his team. Now, do you? I don't know why you'd even want that guy on your team, but from their perspective, losing Odell and now with Van being out, that was a huge signing for them to actually have. He's, it worked out the right way. He's almost a perfect fit 
for what they're going to want to do. Like for him, I think it's a perfect fit. He's going from Chicago. First of all, he's going, <laughs> he's going just from, in general. He's going Chicago. from Jacksonville to Chicago, and then from Chicago now to the defending Super Bowl champions, where he's going to be wide receiver two. And an offense that's probably going to throw over 5,000 yards. Also, completely unrelated, he might have gotten comfortable being down in sunny Jacksonville and getting sent to Chicago might not have been the greatest thing for him. So going back to L.A. might not be a horrible thing either, he's, just from a playing perspective where he gets nice weather all the time. He's in a position where I, I think he's being really undervalued by a lot of people right now because of last year. Is there's a recency bias. Absolutely. Know? He looked horrible last year. Don't get me wrong. He did not look good even when he was playing. Um, but there's something to be said for the fact that that offense was anemic last year, specifically throwing the ball. They just couldn't do it. And so, I mean, like you said, he's taken over the Robert Woods role, and Robert Woods was a year-in, year-out underrated receiver. Absolutely. He was good for, what, 80 or 90 receptions he and was like a yards. He was like the version of Jamison Crowder that you wanted Yes, back in the day because Jamison Crowder had the potential. He just never stayed healthy. Yeah. He was that guy. Yards after catch, great route runner. He just gets open, but he's not flashy. He doesn't take the top off of the defense. He doesn't make seven guys miss. He doesn't have that it factor like a Tyreek Hill or fucking unfortunately an A.J. Brown, or something like that, where when they get the ball in their hands, you're going to be terrified no matter what. He just he does his job and he gets out, and he is more than happy playing second fiddle in an offense. That's not his gripe. He's not the flashy diva wide receiver, which you get with a lot of these younger guys now and a lot of these really good guys because they produce so much. They should have that mentality, but he's just not that guy. Allen Allen Robinson is, I think, in terms of like their – I guess if you want to call it the player archetype, to use a Madden mm. term, like his archetype is very similar to a Robert Woods, but he's just better. He's more talented. He's a better receiver, just in general. A little bit bigger frame, and and I think he's a perfect fit for that role that he's going to. Well, McVeigh is a genius. If they'll find if there's a way that you can use him sustainably in something that's going to help your offense, McVeigh will fucking find it. There's I, no doubt about that. I think that part and of the that's reason why Robert. I think that's part of the reason why, why Robert Woods succeeded so much too is that McVeigh is that good of an offensive coordinator slash head coach that when it comes down to it, you trust him to put you in the right position more times than not. And I think. This is something I'm, I'm just sort of realizing as we're talking about this. I don't know why it took me this long to figure this out. Cooper Cup had a historic year last year, but Robert Woods missed the entire season, right? Or most yeah, of it? Yeah, Robert Woods was wide receiver nine until he got hurt, and I then think. He, so I don't think Cooper nine Cup— Nine might not be right, but he was top 15 for sure. Yeah. So, so we'll when, just with that. when Woods went down, obviously things had to change in the offense because you have Odell Beckham, but he's not ODB of old. And— you have Van Jefferson, who's a young, I think at that point, what, a second-year wide receiver? Yep. Um, second and round now pick. coming off an injury. Now, yeah. And now he's coming off an injury. So I think part of the reason why Cooper Cup had to take on the amount of volume he did last year is because they didn't have Robert Woods to to really lighten his load. For the back end of the season. It's and not like they were running away with the division. They had to put together had, a good string. Like That division's tough. They this division to has for. historically been tough. They still had to play for shit because Arizona, up until the wheels fell off when Kyler got hurt, was also very much... They were in the driver's seat. Yeah, when well, they started off 7-0 or 5-0. Something like that. Yeah, one like of the 7-1 or some mm. shit to start the year. Um, if Robinson stays healthy this year, I think he is going to be a supreme value for most people that end up drafting him. And I think on the other side of that coin, that's also part of the reason why I think Cooper Cup is 
in my mind anyway, my rankings is starting to slip out of that wide receiver one spot is because I You're saying one overall, overall, right? Not, overall, okay. Yeah. okay. He's still a wide receiver one. Yeah, absolutely. But he put up 1,900 yards last year and whatever 15 or 17 touchdowns, whatever he had, on the back of not having a Robert Woods there, if Allen Robinson is in the fold this year for the entire season, I don't mm-hmm. see Cup putting up those same type of numbers. I just don't. I well, don't and, think it's and happen. people can argue. Well, he had OBJ. He had all of this. He had OBJ coming into a brand new offense halfway yeah. through the season where he had to acclimate and adjust. It's a totally different scenario when Allen Robinson has had the entire off off season to learn the playbook, get the reps in training camp, play yeah. the preseason games, do all that. He's in a much different place than OBJ was in last year, so comparing those two situations is completely unfair in my opinion. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup is still very much in the top like three wide receivers for me. Oh, absolutely. He, for sure. He's my at this point now I'm going to call him my wide receiver too, but he's my one still. To to expect and and that's fine. That's totally fine. I'm not going to argue with anybody that has him as their wide receiver one overall. Um, it's hard not to when you have statistically the yeah. best season ever from yeah. a wide receiver. But to expect him to be like, well, look at the year he had last year. He's, he should be able to do that again this year. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be better. He's not going to put him 1,900 yards and fuck you on the touchdowns. It, it, it just won't happen. And no, that, that's going to be his career year for sure, in that's, my opinion. That was his ceiling, and if you're drafting him now, you're drafting him Pretty much at his ceiling, right? But truthfully, I do think that he's still going to end up with the fourteen to sixteen hundred yards. Absolutely, and see that happening. Yeah, most likely double digit touchdowns. Oh yeah, and, and that's that still puts him right at right? the top of wide receiver. And that's fine, but like you can't draft him expecting him to go higher than what he did and, last year. And so then, part of the reason why I have him below Jefferson is my in my wide receiver one and two rankings is because. For me, right now, you're drafting Cooper Cup at the ceiling. He's not going to outproduce, I think, what he did last year at any point the rest of his career. Jefferson still could go higher than what he did last year. Yeah, it's like signing a contract. A contract is an investment on the future, not a reward for years past. Jefferson's and- Jefferson still has a ways to go. I don't know what I don't know what how much farther he needs to go to hit his ceiling, but he's still not there yet. To be fair, even if this is his ceiling, I'm fucking A-OK with his ceiling. So and, and so, <laughs> like, so for me, Cooper Cup is still very much a wide receiver, top top one or two wide receiver, but I don't. you can't expect even close to what he did last year as far as production. I do think, though, like I said, Allen Robinson's a, a ridiculous value, I think. Yeah, Getting him in the, those middle rounds. Yeah, and, I mean, even in the aspect of talking about Robert Woods when we kind of compare it, the same thing. Great, great value pieces for where they're going in drafts right now. And I think that when it comes down to it, he may be a league winner. He may oh, be he easily, the T. Higgins of last year. He that could kind of thing be. where... You didn't draft high and wide receiver. Your flex guy is a guy that you're like, oh, I hope he can start six games, and he ends up being your number one at the end of the year because he's super consistent. If if you end up with Allen Robinson as your wide receiver too, you're going to be in really, really good shape with that yeah, position. It's just one of those things that you have to get over the recency bias the same way some people haven't and understand that he's an entirety, entirely in a new offense and is dealing with now Matthew Stafford, who has contributed to the two best wide receiver seasons in fantasy history with Calvin Johnson and now Cooper Cup. Yeah, I've I i I've got him. Robinson right now is wide receiver two territory in, in my rankings with upside. To, he could he could realistically get he into the top 15. He could be top 15, 15 for yes, sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ends up a top 12. No. Uh, top 12... <clears throat> I think the volume's there in this offense. Yeah, it is, but it's just hard because if he is 
approaching that level of top 12, that means Cooper Cup is also balling. Yeah. And if that happens, getting two wide receivers in the top 12 is going to be difficult, no matter how good your situation is. You can look at like Minnesota when they had Stefan Diggs and Thielen. They never had two top 12s. The Bengals Justin did it. Jefferson and um, Bengals Thielen did it last too. year. Yeah, that's I and and that's an anomaly, I think, truthfully. I, but I love the Bengals' offense because I I'm honestly I'm thinking Stafford's going to throw for I think his floor five. for passing yards is forty five hundred. Oh, floor ceiling okay. yeah, is in the fives. Fair. No, that's what, yeah, fives, right? I I definitely think he has the potential to hit five k. I, I do too, sure. and if you do that, it's like okay, then you you certainly especially have room. especially if they bring OBJ back. Yeah, you definitely have room for Cup to get his fifteen sixteen hundred. And have Robinson end up with twelve or thirteen hundred yards. Mm-hmm. You could he could easily see that happen. Um, well, Hig- so. is Higby still there? Yes, but they don't use him all that much. It's it seems like it's a crapshoot when you're going to get production out of the Rams tight ends. I don't know. I have a hard time drafting any of the Rams tight ends because I've been bitten a couple times with mm-hmm. those guys. I just don't like it. Well, too. It, it all stems down to like the first year when it was him and Higby and Everett. And it was one guy had a great game one week, one guy had a great mm-hmm. game the other week. Yeah, you never know. The Rams are not big tight end guys, at least consistency when it comes down to it. It's just a more of a situational thing who's ever open. But their wide receivers always get fed. Yeah. And because of that, I am A-OK. Re- even in the context of, I'll put this in air quotations, reaching on Allen Robinson, He's in the 90s for the ADP. I think that he deserves to be in the 70s. Like I think he's going two rounds later than he probably should, and you need to take advantage of that as a fantasy owner if you can because oh, yeah. that man could be a league winner going forward based yep. on draft stock. Yep. You could end up with two wide receiver ones if, if you get him as your second wide and receiver. And think if you get him as one. wide receiver three. And, and that's possible too, depending on what you do in the beginning of the draft. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk running backs because we spent uh, a good chunk of time on wide receivers. Cam Akers terrifies the fuck out of me. I'm also scared of Cam Akers. They're, they're all their running backs are good. It's just a matter of who gets the fucking ball. And, and I it's, think it's gonna be him. There's no guaranteed one. Look, they brought him back and they started him in the Super Bowl and they fed the fuck out of him, even though he was very he inefficient. Was horrible, he did not look yeah. good in the playoffs. No, but well, they, it was his first game back. You gotta give him that. They played him in the playoffs as the the running back one on this team when they had Henderson, who was also not fully healthy. But he came in after tearing an Achilles after eight months, and they made him the starter almost immediately and started feeding him the ball. I I don't think – I think he's the runaway favorite to take the majority of the carries this well, year. Well, he should be. He's a better ball player than Henderson, and, and Michelle's gone now. So and it's, in a really good a offense, whole... the upside is, is there. Because Sony's in Miami now, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So the upside is definitely there with Akers, but the problem for me is he's coming off an Achilles. So it's like how explosive will he be? Because you didn't, if you watch him in the playoffs, you're not gonna, you, you didn't like it. Um, I am as yeah, well, back. which is fair because if you watched any game from that team this year, it was in the playoffs. Especially if you're not a Rams fan, you're not staying up to watch the Rams game or to see how your fantasy guy's doing. You see the highlights and you love it, but you're not paying attention to how good your player is actually doing. So that's a fair point. I have right now. I've got Acres as my running back, sixteen in full point PPR. I'm fine with that. He I could think that's go right around where he should be. The problem with him is I think his range of outcomes could be significantly higher or significantly lower, and I don't feel comfortable with that. He's just a double-edged sword where, in my opinion, he's a running back three for me. I like him as an RB3. As a two, that's getting dicey. You're he has two much. upside. I'm not saying he can't. Mm-hmm. He definitely has two upside, but for where he's going, I don't think that's a fair risk for you to do from a fantasy perspective as the owner of the team 
if you're sitting there and you're looking at I need a I need a running back two right now for sure and Cam Akers is your best available I think that it might be better to take a flyer and take better positional value need right there and take the best player available I have other He's guys just too dicey I have other guys that are in the same range in my rankings that I would rather have over Akers um, uh, like Fournette um, for PPR I got Nick Chubb down there a little in, at fourteen uh, Do you say Eddie Lacy <laughs> Fournette's gonna be fine. He's going to get a ton of volume, mm-hmm. and he's going to get the red zone touches. So I, I, I'm I, okay with Fournette. Yeah, a ton of volume down his throat from all those fucking <laughs> McDonald's burgers. He's glizzying. Um, but Hello? Out, outside of that, <laughs> I do think Henderson is a, ver- a really good late, like, double-digit round handcuff to take, though. Because, Absolutely. Because with Akers... He's still going to get touches, too. That's the thing. And you saw it with Henderson last year when Akers was hurt. Henderson, until he got hurt himself... He was good. Was good really good i had him as a as a flex in a lot of leagues uh more than one and i think he, i started him for like four weeks in a row i had i had some really good offers coming in on him mm-hmm. um, because people were like you know I, I could use that guy and i i never especially in that offense that's what i mean I, when it all comes down to offensive scheme and the rams have arguably the best coach in football right yeah. now. yeah it's really easy to think of the rams offense and think of what todd Gurley did granted nobody on that roster is anywhere near the level of talent that Todd Gurley was even before the knee injuries or the knee problems. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Seriously. Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Todd Gurley, David Johnson. It happens fast, too. Right? Top three picks four years yeah. ago, and they're not even in the league anymore. Hello, Derrick Henry. Nothing? You got nothing for me? Hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I, I feel like you heard the look that I just <laughs> give him without it. even doing it. That yeah, was... I felt it. Uh, anything else on the Rams offense you want to cover? Because we kind of talked about Higby. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm out on Higby. I'm not going to. There's uh, defense not on the offense. So no, okay. for the most part, the t- the tight ends are not anything to write home about. Offensive line's in decent shape. The same way that was. It's not anything that is going to impress you from. A they're not great, but they're analytical perspective. Yeah. But they're not bad. Defensively, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I would say so. They did lose Von Miller, so that hurts. And yeah, but they also have the best defensive tackle ever, and, and you have arguably Jill the best cornerback in the league. Yeah, so, so they're they're fine. Um, and those are the two biggest pieces. And it. it would be different if their nose tackle, or I shouldn't call him nose tackle, their defensive tackle couldn't rush the passer the way that he does. They get pressure. Trust me. They need a sack. They're going to get pressure. Yeah, they're they're going to be in fine shape for defenses. I'm, I don't know that I call them like an every week starter, but they're still in my top eight. You know, for for defenses, I'm. You'll have to reach to draft them, and I'm okay with that. They just played a tough division. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. They yep. play really good offenses consistently. Yep. Um, but Seattle's trash now, so at least one, one they, got they swept out of the rug. They got two easy games out of that. Um, you want to talk about Seattle real quick since we're since yeah. on, on the topic? Good little segue. We'll go from the top of the division to the bottom. Um, Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah. Or Gino is the starter right now, it sounds like. Yeah. Gino Smith is probably How horrible is that for us? That's bad. Real Twelves? Bad. I'm sorry. That's um, bad. The The only part of the Seattle offense that I really want any piece of would be the running back room. And I at this point they're both hurt, so it's mm, it's even I'm harder. okay with DK. I can talk myself into DK because of how good of a physical freak he is as a wide receiver. And Drew Locke really did have some success with Sutton when he played with him the first season before he got hurt his rookie year. Sutton's was still getting targets and he was just fine. 
And when it comes to that, like that comparison between Sutton and DK Metcalf, I do think that there's some similarities. They're bigger framed wide Mm -hmm. receivers. And in my opinion, DK is a much better wide receiver than Sutton is. They just have similar play styles. And because Drew Locke played well with Sutton, I don't think that DK is going to be horrible. I don't. I really think that he'll be. I think he's going to hit over a thousand. Yeah, the touchdown so. six touchdowns is kind of what I'm th- I, like around that. Th- I don't think he's going to blow the top off I, anybody, I don't think he's but gonna, I, I don't yeah. think he's going to be a letdown. I'm I'm okay with DK as a wide receiver too. Yeah. Um, yeah just, Judy or Metcalf? Metcalf. I think for me, um, I think Metcalf will probably give you a little bit more cons and this is, this sounds backwards to me to say it out loud, but I do feel like DK is going to give you more consistency than Judy. Um, cause with Russell and Seattle, we saw it where you'd one week could be a DK week. The next week would be a locket week mm-hmm. and it, it would just kind of depend on who was getting open and who he was finding. But DK, I think, is the clear number one in Seattle, and they're not going to be a great team, and they're probably going to have to throw the ball to to be able to keep pace in some of these games, even though they're going to want to run the ball and like keep it close. DK is the best target in that offense. It's not even close. Lockett's fine, but he's nowhere near the level. Um, and he's going to be the red zone target, too, because he's 6'4 and 230 pounds. So I think... If I had to choose between the two, I would take DK just because he's the number one versus Judy being a number two in that offense. He's but not the number two. I think he is. I think No, he is. sir, he is not the number two. I think, I think Sutton is going to be the number one this year for Denver. But guess we'll find out. Huh? We, could, we could place a friendly wager on that one. Because I have them both. So. <laughs> um, in DK and Judy is what I mean, not in the two Denver running or wide receivers. But so, anyways, go on. Um, the running backs, Penny and, and Kenneth Walker. If you look in a lot of drafts right now, they're going right around the same area. Seattle's going to be run heavy because they're going to have to be. They want to run the football. Problem that Kenneth Walker now, till death. The, the between the two, is he's got a hernia. He just had yeah. surgery, and you know how Pete Carroll is. Is like, okay, this guy got hurt, and he's got hernia surgery. And Pete Carroll's going to come out and be like, "Yep, things are looking pretty good. We're really hoping. We'll think he'll be there week one." He's the eternal optimist. He's. I don't think he's going to be ready week one. I don't think he'll be ready for the first couple weeks of the year. And then even once he does come back, he's going to have to fucking ready week eleven. He's going to have to be eased into that shit. He's going to have to be eased into it a little bit. And so I'm. I'm. A little bit worried about picking Walker, and we saw them do this with Penny. They drafted Penny. Yeah, wait. Yeah, you're they, right. That's they drafted Penny and they kept him on the bench. Way the too entire fucking high. Year. You wasted a first round pick on that fucking guy, and you didn't even use him. And they played Chris Carson the entire year, and they ran with Carson. I could see the same thing happening this year with Penny, even though he also is dealing with some injuries now. Kenneth so, Walker is fucking good. He is good, um, but Seattle is just a wild card. You don't know what they're gonna fucking do, and. Penny's dealing with like a hamstring or something right now, which scares the shit out of me because it's a soft tissue and that could be re-aggravated at any point. Which and is, Penny is sweet, not- especially when the season hasn't even started yet that you know that this is going to be a thing that's going to linger for your player the entire yeah. year. I'm fucking Penny, out. Penny has not exactly been durable <laughs> in his time in the league. So well, it's, it's like, like even when he is, what the, what the fuck are we expecting? 80 80- 80, 85 yards and maybe a touchdown. Are you like are you gonna get Penny from the last five games of last year? Or are you Penny gonna get Penny sucks. from any time before He's that? 
Um, I would Way be too inconsistent for if, me. If Penny hadn't hurt the hamstring or whatever, I would be like pounding on the table to take Rashad Penny in the seventh or eighth round of any draft because I I really do think if they were both healthy and going into the season that way, Penny would be getting the bulk of the carries. However, at this point now, to draft him in that same range with a, with a hamstring problem that could linger for the entire season, it's like, I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to trust that he's going to be there the whole season and in, a, and in an offense that's probably going to struggle anyway with bad quarterback it's play. It's just loaded with question marks, that it's, offense. They have a couple decent pieces if you base it on like athletic prowess and consistency over the last couple of years. Well, that consistency was with Russell Wilson. So now you're sitting here from an aspect where you're like, we didn't just downgrade. We essentially got a backup quarterback as opposed to a starter. Yes. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do that's going to impress me enough to want to bet on anyone in Seattle's offense? Yeah, you've you've got an offense that's probably going to struggle for the majority of the year. And you've got two running backs now that are banged up. And Penny, like I said has struggled to stay healthy for the majority of his career. There's a lot of risk, I think, involved now in picking either one of the two running backs, whether it's Walker, whether it's Penny. And I think that for me, you know, I don't I don't know about you, Ozan, but for me, taking a guy in the seventh, eighth round, ninth round, whatever, somewhere in that range is typically where I see them going. Um, to take a guy in that range, it's like, there's, there's just so much risk involved with either one of those two that I don't know if I'm willing to do it. Um, I think there's other guys that even like uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Kareem Hunt or somebody, I would rather take them even though they're not going to take the bulk of the carries on their team just because at the moment they are healthy and you know they're in run-heavy offenses as well. But the upside for those two and the offenses they're in is even higher. So I don't know. I, I think... Like, if I'm on the clock and it's Kareem Hunt or, or Rashad Penny in the eighth round, seventh round. It's Hunt every time. It's Hunt every time for mm-hmm. me. Now. It would have been a much harder call for me if, you know, Penny was healthy. Then, then I'm thinking about it. Even with Hunt's now, trade lingering shit, I'm still on Hunt over Penny for sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm... Mostly because... I think a part of it is because I love Kenneth Walker so much, too. Yeah. He was phenomenal in college. He was great at Michigan State. Pete Carroll's the reason I wouldn't take Kenneth Walker. Pete Carroll's the reason I wouldn't take a lot of people, and I think Seattle needs to start realizing Pete Carroll's the reason for a lot of their issues. At this at this point, I think yeah, I think I that, think it's the ship has sailed. I think if they had a a young, fresh, you know, innovative mind, <laughs> they would be in a little bit better shape for the future. But Pete is just uh, he marches to the beat of his own drum. And if they go five and twelve, four and thirteen this year, he's gone. And. He won a Super Bowl for them. I get it, but that was on the back of a really, really good defense, and you had Russell Wilson. And he also Lynch. should have had two. They should, lost one yeah, because of him. Because of him. So um, we talked about DK Tyler Lockett. Do you have any interest in Tyler Lockett this year? No, because I don't. I, I. It'd be different if they had a guy I could throw the deep ball, but Drew Locke's more of a jump ball, deep ball, not a hit a guy in stride. If anything, yeah. and it's that does not bode well for Tyler Lockett. I, I agree. Who also is getting to the twilight stages of his career he's getting to that point where he's he's getting to be for where he's still good but teams don't put value on him based on his age yep um Noah Fant do you like him as a tight end at all because I like Noah Fant as a tight end I hate Noah Fant as a tight end in Seattle's offense 
I was just going to say the same thing. If they had Russell Wilson, it would be awesome, I yep. think. Yep. You could definitely see some sustained success there. But Even though he should be one of the top couple targets in the passing game, I still don't even have him in my top 12 tight ends. It doesn't matter when Geno Smith is yep. throwing you the ball or yep. Drew Locke, depending on who it is. Whoever starts there is not going to be beneficial oh, to it, the pass catchers it, in that It offense. doesn't matter who starts it for me. It doesn't matter which one it is. I, so it's a grim start to the season for Seattle, for sure. I would. It would be hard for me to be excited about this season. I think that Geno and Drew Locke are going to end up starting games this year. No matter who starts the season, he's yeah. not going to finish the season. I agree. I think I think they're going to be bad enough, no matter which one it is, that at some point they're going to make a switch. I truly think that. Um, I think that their team has been bad for three years, but Russell Wilson has saved them from a lot of yeah. the scrutiny from the public eye, from casual fans, from probably even Seattle fans. Russell Wilson made up for a lot of the incapacities that that team has very true i think all of it's going to come to light this year Mm -hmm. about how really bad that franchise franchise is as a whole because their defense is bad for as much as i love to rag on russell wilson he also bailed them out for the last few years i mean he put the team was they've made some questionable decisions trading for jamal adams bad trade Mm -hmm. like jamal adams is great but he's not that He's not that good, especially for being a box safety more so than anything, and essentially a linebacker. They gave the Jets a top ten draft pick this last draft, just, and that was just one of the picks they gave up for Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and if it. you think, I don't know, it must have been the tenth pick. There's no way it was the fourth. The fourth no. was the Jets pick. Yep. So, you look at seattle now you could have taken any quarterback that you wanted from that draft or traded back you could have taken garrett wilson or any other wide receiver outside of drake london could have addressed offensive line outside of evan neal and charles cross there are so many things that they could have done with that pick Mm -hmm. and i don't think that jamal adams was worth that no probably not not on a bad team that's not in a position to win now um he's gonna i i bet you're paying him that's the thing too you're paying him a lot yeah um, so we, since we kind of touched on it defensively, completely out on the Seahawks, don't draft them. No, I think their defense has been bad f- since yeah, the Sherman Chancellor Earl Thomas era ended. Since yep. the Legion of Boom was really over, they've been questionable at best. And I don't, I don't even know. I'd say questionable. Do they've been bad? Yeah, just outright bad. Yep. And like when they ha- what who they still have Sherman for the longest time before for a little while. Up. Yeah, he was Bobby Wagner. And we he forgot was, to mention for quote the unquote, the best part of that Legion of Boom, not having Chancellor and Earl Thomas killed him. Yeah. No, they lost Bobby Wagner. And we forgot to mention that he signed with the Rams. So that's a huge get for the Rams defense. But um, at any rate. True. Um, but yeah, no, the Seattle defense, you're out on. Um, I don't think I was ever in on him. No. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, Legion um, of Boom, that ship has sailed, unfortunately. And as much as we'd love very the far old, gone. old Seahawks. Yeah to come back and play that whole ground and pound offense and then just dominate teams on defense, it's just not going to happen. Um. Well, let's see. Niners? We need the Niners next? Yeah, since, yeah. I mean, sure. Can't wait to talk about them. <laughs> um. Well, where should we start? Uh, Trey Lance, baby. Yeah. That's uh, a big question mark for a lot of people. So I, I think Trey Lance is a tough topic for me because i do i think he's going to be a good passer not at all i truly think they're going to 
they're going to throw for like 200 yards a game. I mean, that's that's me exaggerating a bit. but Which is frustrating, too, because he's a physical freak. Right. I, I don't think he's going to be a great passer. I think you're going to see like a completion percentage of, you know, 58%. And he's going to throw like for Like Josh Allen numbers his first couple of years? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. And you're going to see him throw for 230 yards a game. But then if he runs for 60, 70 yards a game, which he's certainly capable of doing... Especially with Shanahan, because Shanahan's a really good schemer. He Shanahan's, in my opinion, one of the best. Schem- yeah, like X's he, and he might coaches. be the best. He could. He's up there. It probably. just depends. So on what kind of offense you're looking at, like I'm, he he's just as good as McVeigh, in my opinion. I'm curious to see what he cooks up for Lance, as far as like putting him, putting him in positions to be successful. Um, so Lance is tough for me to project because. He's not going to throw for, I don't think he's going to be a great passer, but the running upside is there. And in fantasy, that dominates for quarterbacks. So I think his running ability, the way I'll compare it, is going to be, I think, a similar year, could be a similar year to Jalen Hurts last year. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. I don't think Lance is going to have that many, but uh, because they do have Elijah Mitchell and and some things going on there. Which I do do love Elijah Mitchell this year. They'll they'll find other guys that that they'll use at the goal line too. So I don't think he's going to have 10 rushing touchdowns, but the same type of player where the passing game is going to leave you, you're you're really banking on him running the ball to get you week-to-week starting numbers. Yep. But I do think he's capable of doing that. I could see him ending up a top 8 or 10 quarterback just on the rushing floor. Um. Yeah, but so he's, relatively comparable to Jalen Hurts, just yeah. a guy you wouldn't expect to do it, but he's, is competing with the top quarterbacks just based on fantasy upside. He's he's going to have to run for like 700 yards to get there, but I do think that's certainly capable. I don't think that's he's. Doable. I don't think that's too tall of an ask. No. Yeah, I don't think that that is. Um. So I mean, I have him right now. He's like a fringe QB one for me, but I do think the there is upside for him to sneak up a few sure. spots there, but. Um, it's it, it, for me. It's a crapshoot. There's a lot of people that are really targeting him. I'm, I'm okay with having them, but I'm if I if I end up with Trey Lance in a draft, I'm I'm picking another quarterback too to have mm-hmm. as a fallback option. Well, for that reason too, taking over the entirety of that offense and not having any Jimmy G at all, Debo is another big question mark for me. I don't yeah. think that he's worth where he's going in drafts because of. Not even inconsistent, just the question mark at the quarterback play position. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Mm-hmm. You also don't know if they're going to scheme the same way based on quarterback talent, too, if Debo's going to get in those gadget plays as much. There was even rumors that Debo said that part of the reason he didn't want to sign is that he didn't want to be a part of gadget plays like that mm-hmm. as much as they were using him. There's so many different things flying around that I don't know that Debo is worth where he's going in any of the drafts for me. I think that I'm going to just stay away from that headache. The A lot of what they've talked about in the first few weeks at camp and, and whatnot with the Niners is that um, Trey Lance has had a good connection with Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, about fucking time. Yeah. God. Specifically getting deep. So Brandon Ayuk is the bane of my existence, dude. I would... Oh I would. God. I think with the vast difference in where you get him versus Debo, I'd rather have Ayuk just based on what you're hearing in camp. Because Debo is not the type of dude that's going to hit you over the top for a 70-yard touchdown. Ayuk can do that. And if Lance is hitting him deep, I don't think Lance is going to be a super accurate underneath passer. And he's, <laughs> he's going to be hitting Debo on a six-yard slant. Well, I mean, time. that's what he was known for is his athletic ability. So he's got to be able to sling the ball. So And, and I think he's going to be best used as a deep passer. And Debo is 
he's he's a bubble screen and short yardage guy like that's his specialty um so i i do have concerns about debo as well i still think he's going to be valuable um and at some rate but i eh, is he a top five receiver for me this year like he kind of finished you know last year no no he's not I I'd rather have Ayuk as like a wide receiver three than I would Debo as a wide receiver. Yeah, well, they have Willie Sneed the fourth as wide receiver eight right now. So. Uh, no, thank you. Um, no part of that. A lot of speedsters on that offense. Kittle, Kittle, I do think Kittle will hold is his terrifying own. to me. I'm out on Kittle. Kittle, I think will hold his own just because I think he'll be a good safety blanket. Um, I'm super fucking out on Kittle. I'm I do have concerns, and it's all based on what I think Trey Lance will be. And I've already said it. I don't think he's going to be a super I don't think he's going to be a great passer. And so I don't think there's going to be a ton of room for three guys to have big-time fantasy value. And it's just a matter of which guys do you think are going to... Mm. Which which of that bunch do you think is going to provide the most value? Between whom? Uh, Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. And for where you're Debo picking... still. For, for where you're picking... I'm, the, out on, I'm out on Kittle in general, just based yeah. on injury history. And yeah, the and fact that healthy. even when he did play, he wasn't what he was in years past kittle wasn't that game breaking tight end it was a six for 64 or a seven for 75 which in ppr 14 points that's not bad but when you're taking george kittle where you're taking him in the third round of the draft you expect way more consistency you want more 20 spot games those kind of things from a tight end which like when someone looks at your team and they see that you have Kittle and that he put up that score, say, oh, yeah, that's why he took him there. Not, wow, that was just a good game for Kittle that week. And I think it's slowly starting to become not Kittle's a good player. It's Kittle had a good week. Sure. And I don't love that going forward. That trend scares the fuck out of me. And when you're taking a tight end that high, you need to make sure that he is worth that because the tight end drop-off is so steep. So if you're really justifying yourself wasting a high round pick on a tight end, you have to make sure that he's really going to separate you that much more in the tight end position against other teams that you're playing. Yeah, Kittle Kittle for me, I think part of the reason he thrived over the last couple of years with Jimmy G is because Garoppolo was so f- – he, he really didn't throw outside much. That was his big weakness is throwing outside the numbers. He liked to keep it in the middle of the field. Well, that's where Kittle is lining up. That's mm-hmm. his bread and butter is, mm-hmm. you know – so I think he was between not, the hashes. He was at times maybe hyper targeted a little bit because Jimmy G was so reluctant to throw outside the hash marks, mm-hmm. and so Kittle was just like the natural, on naturally Safety on net. the receiving yep. end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, with Trey Lance in the fold now, it's like there's oh, so he's, much, if they if they give him leeway or even a little bit of leash, he's gonna let that fucking thing fly. It's gonna be he can throw it so much more unpredictable as to where he's gonna be going with the ball because he's got a much better arm than Garoppolo does. Um, so I, I just think that there there could be some some drop off for Kittle this year. I do think I'm I'm higher on Kittle than you are. I'm not as uh, he concerned. Dr- he dropped off last year, man. Fuck. He did get hurt he again. Bad last. He missed year. a few games, but he still Six. finished. He still finished tight end four last year. He missed. Uh, he played 14 games and he finished tight end four. How many How many games did he missed over the last three years? It's oh, like Jesus. it's double digits for sure. Oh yeah, it's it's got to be at least four games in each. Yeah, it's it, it just going down to the nitty gritty of it. If you're taking a tight end that high, you you have to fucking guarantee me that one this guy's gonna play all the games and two 
he's actually going to produce because that drop-off is so bad from the top three to the second tier that I just I cannot justify taking someone that high if I'm not basically guaranteeing myself that he's going to produce. And at this point, with Kelsey losing Hill and Andrews having no wide receiver help for the most part outside of him and them getting rid of Hollywood Brown, those are the only two that I really can justify from the tight end group that I'm willing to take a second or third round pick on. Yeah, if, if you're taking a tight end early in the draft, early enough to get like a Kittle or one of those guys – like you were saying, it's you have to hit on that pick. You cannot miss on that one. It's just like when I when it comes down to it, even a guy that's not as great of a tight end, but I would much rather have Dawson Knox in the tenth than Kittle in the third. You've it's just that it just comes down to the fact that I know there's much more value from a tight end position because that drop off is so bad. No, if you don't get those top two, it's not even they're all irrelevant mostly anyways. You. So. You can it, like if you're taking Kittle in the fourth, you have to hit on that pick because it's one thing if 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 you take Kittle in the fourth, you're missing out on a running back or a wide receiver that's going to be decent at at least or with with a high ceiling. Cooper Cup was like a third round pick last year, a fourth round pick last year. Um, so it, it it's one thing to take a tight end that early, but like I said, you've got to hit because if you don't, you missed out on some other talent and other positions. Whereas if you take a wide receiver in the fourth round and you don't hit, you also have four other wide receivers on your roster that could help mitigate that loss. If you miss on Kittle or a different tight end, for that matter, now you you missed not only on a starting caliber wide receiver or running back, but you also are missing a tight end. And now it's like you can't just make that up with a waiver wire pickup at, at the tight end position. The drop-off is just way too steep. So it's... It's like you're getting double fucked if you miss on a tight end early in a draft, mm-hmm. which is where I, I agree with you is, you know, you have to be certain that it's you're going to get Mark Andrews. You're going to get Travis Kelsey because you're, you're like I like I mentioned, you're missing out on a really good player at a different position. And it's just so hard to replace uh, that type of production in a tight end mm-hmm. with a waiver wire pickup. Sure. You know, wide receivers, you can find somebody in the eighth round that has upside that could potentially get into like you know, wide receiver two territory. It happens every year. And if you hit the right picks, you've, you've got more lotto tickets that you can take on a, on a late round wide receiver. Um, but you're not taking three tight ends where you can just hope that one of them pans out. So, you know, I, as we talk about it, I think you've kind of, you've, you've pulled me down on on Kittle a little bit. I was higher on him (laughs) than you were before, but, um, and I'm still higher on him now than you are, but I don't, really i'm not i'm not big on him i think i'm passing on him yeah not for where he's going yeah and that's the biggest thing too is i'm not saying that these players are bad these players aren't good for where they're going and you if you can take advantage of that and take a guy that should be taken higher whereas a lot of these guys are going to be betting on name brand kind of a situation you can make a lot of your guys in your fantasy league piss because you're gonna have a solid team going forward of guys that they never thought would gonna were gonna be better than a George Kittle, who are gonna end up being a lot better than a George Kittle. Uh, their offensive line, I will say, is very mat in the middle. The guards in the center are not great. Trent Williams and McGlinchey on the right and left side are phenomenal. I love both of mm-hmm. them. But because of that and the fact that they have Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Trey Sermon, 
this is going to be a split backfield. I think so too. I don't lo- I would stay away from the run game altogether if I'm looking at San Fran. Mitchell Mitchell's got the best chance of returning value of any of the running backs. The rest of them it's like, okay, where do you even pick them? It's got to be a late late round pick, but then you got to hope that and Mitchell gets hurt because I do think he's firmly entrenched as the number one running back. Yeah, I like Sermon though, and coming off the injury, if he can produce something, they might. Well, and they. I think if anyone steals that backfield, it's Sermon. It and they picked Sermon in the third round last year. They picked uh, Tyrion Davis Price in the third round this year. Jeff Wilson's hold held his own anytime they've needed to put the ball in his hands, and Elijah Mitchell's coming off. I think he's dealing with an injury right now, actually. Um, so it's the Niners. It's they're notoriously been a headache for picking a running back. They've had each of the last what three or four years in a row now. They've had a different number one running back at the at the finish of the season. Um, last year was Mitchell. The year before it was uh, fuck. I don't even remember. Um, they they're they're not New England esque because they don't rotate backs on a week to week basis, but they are a headache because. It doesn't take much, and then pretty soon they've shifted to somebody else, and now that guy's the guy going forward. Um, you could see Elijah Mitchell come out like the first two weeks of the year. If he fumbles three or four times, he's in the doghouse. It's somebody else's job. You know, that's just how they've worked yeah. the last couple of years. Um, so I, I'm I'm okay with Mitchell. He's I'm but, okay with him as a yeah, running back three. Right. Two is getting a little bit steep mm-hmm. for me. You're just asking too much yeah. is what I think at that point. Yeah. So. Which is why I think from the same aspect as we as fantasy owners, I think the front office in San Fran kind of has the same thing, which is why they're going to split backfield it. Sermon was good when he ran last year. He averaged four a carry. He just never played because he was hurt all the time. So we'll we'll see, but I really do think that Trey Sermon will end up as the predominant running back between the three, all said and done. And that would fit That would fit the bill for the Niners because, that, like I said, every year they have a different number one running back. So mm-hmm. that could very easily happen. Take over the Mostert role. I could see that. Yep. Uh, oh, defensive side, they're not going to be a great defense. They're going to get a lot of pressures and sacks, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the secondary. Their front not... seven's been nuts yeah. for the last however many years. They've invested so much high-end draft capital on it that it should be good the front seven's great they got drake greenlaw and fred warner at the linebacking group oh, fred warner group. might be the best linebacker in football he very well could be but the back end the secondary is where they they're gonna have issues yeah um Javarius and jimmy ward emmanuel mosley yeah that's tough look for everyone they obviously still bosa armstead kinlaw and ekabom ups or ibakum ups front in like the actual grill of the offensive line i think that that's gonna bode well for them yeah i like you said i think they're they're gonna be able to get pressure they'll, they'll be able to get you sacks but if the back end of the defense if they don't hold up i think they're and they won't and they probably won't. they won't they're, there's not a lot of high-end talent back there in the secondary um i think for sure they're going to be streamable a lot of weeks I do think they're probably going to finish the season in the top like 10 defenses just based on sacks alone and turnovers if they can force turnovers on a consistent basis. Um, there are definitely other defenses out there that I would much rather target. Uh, there's there's a handful of them I can think of off the top of my head. Like I would rather have Indianapolis. Um, I'd rather have Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh. Baltimore maybe would be in that same category that I might consider. Um, New England is also somewhere in that that mix. 
um, the Rams. There's a number of defenses that are in sort of what I would call the same sort of tier. And I think... I think the Niners are probably... There, there's few of them that are very, like, complete defenses. And the Niners, I think, are towards the bottom of that tier for me. Um, like, I think there's... Buffalo is probably the best defense in, in the league for me, for fantasy. And I'm not just saying that because I've been a Buffalo Bills fan since I was born. Um, you were born in 2021. <laughs> uh, anyway... Outside of that, I don't really have anything else for San Fran. No, no. I feel like we fully encompass their roster. Um, who's left? Uh, there's one. Fucking uh, Arizona. Arizona. Uh, yes. Uh, the last team of the 32, the AZ Cardinals. Yeah. Um, and midget man Kyler. Yeah, he's. I don't. I hate that I'm so high on Kyler Murray. But it's hard for me not to love his upside every single year because he runs around and he can throw. And his offense is good. And the offense is good. Um, I have him as my quarterback too. Oh my god! Because, and I say that because we mentioned earlier that they were what seven and one or whatever up mm-hmm. until he got hurt, and up until the point he got hurt, he was QB one. Yep. He was running a, enough, and he runs for touchdowns. And he was throwing at a ridiculous rate as well. Um, he was QB1, and I think he would have been able to continue that had he not gotten hurt because it was a... I think short. Arizona should have paid Christian Kirk. I'm just going to throw that one out there. And kept him around? Yeah, the exact same amount. I'm, I'm also totally kidding. <laughs> this fucking Jacksonville's a joke. That Yeah, that was an absolute joke. I mean, I I totally see why they let him walk away. That makes total sense. You had to. From you couldn't keep perspective. You still no. have... I mean, I hate the Marquise Brown trade. I do. I, I wasn't really a fan of that hate one either. The Hollywood trade. I get that he's got chemistry with Kyler, and Kyler probably really wanted to bring him in when they realized he was available. Um, but I think Marquise Brown just feels like he's kind of a one-trick pony to me. You know, he, we've seen it last year. He doesn't have great hands. Um, and he's he can get he can get deep and he can hit you for you know, those explosive plays, which is, you know, that's kind of what Kyler does. He scrambles around and he'll huck one up there. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, I also wasn't a fan. I think if you're going to give up a first round pick for a wide receiver, you give up a first round pick for a wide receiver. Like the bills gave up the 20, whatever pick for Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have give up a 21st pick for Diggs or a 23rd pick for Marquise Brown? Well, even close. even if you look at it, they gave up a first round pick and a third round pick to yeah. get him. Yeah, and then four picks later, Philly did the same thing and, and got, got AJ, AJ Brown. Brown. It's that when you think about it in that perspective, I'm not I'm okay with giving up picks to get like a Hollywood Brown, but when you give up a first round pick or that level, and then you see more, that someone else gave up the same thing and got a higher caliber wide receiver, and like. I don't think that it's close. I think that AJ Brown is exponentially better than Hollywood oh, Brown. He absolutely is. And the fact that they traded a later first and or not a later first, a earlier first and like the same overall in the third. Throwing an extra sixth or something. And why the hell is Hollywood your first choice? Yeah. 
Yeah, it has to be the Kyler connection. It has to be. It, it, I, but also, then D Hop's now suspended for six games. That hurts. So there's that going on as well. Are you drafting Hopkins at all? Uh, I would late round. Yeah, if my wide receiver talent's good, and I or even that, or if I see a guy two rounds later down the board that I know I'm probably gonna fall to me that I'm okay with having, I'm totally okay with taking D Hop. Because I'm. But that, that's another reason I think Kyler's not going to be that good this year. He's missing his number one option. And, yeah, you can say that they really haven't had the greatest connection, but it's still DeAndre Hopkins. Well, even D-Hop last year wasn't great. He was okay, but I want to say he was in the wide receiver two range. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, he wasn't phenomenal by any means. He, he wasn't. He no. really was not great. And he had 572 yards and eight touchdowns. And he missed time. I know that. But – like fantasy points per game, I'm gonna pull that up and see where he was at because I he wasn't he wasn't lighting the world on 13. fire. Thirteen point six, is that right? It's not what I'm seeing. I'm I'm looking for him still. Hang on, um, DeAndre Hopkins, where are you? Oh, thirteen point six yards per game is what he had, or yards per catch. Is he, what he is. Oh wow, he's down there. I still can't find him. Holy fuck. Well, anyway, I'll I'll get to it. But the point the point I'm trying to make is he was when even when he was healthy and when they were playing really well before Kyler got hurt, he still wasn't great. Um, How many games did he play last year? Five. I'm trying to find his. Fucking it looks numbers. like five. Yeah. 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 I know anyway. more than five. Um, more than five for sure. I'm what what I'm really trying to say is I'm I'm I have questions about D Hop even when he comes back fully healthy office suspension. Um, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver he one anymore. Ten, and he had eight touchdowns in ten games. I will say that. Okay. Uh, I I don't I don't I have trouble viewing him as a wide receiver one. I just even not in fantasy. No, no, I'm, no. Nope. I think there's other guys ahead of him that have. I do think that he's ceiling. worth the flyer late rounds though, because yes. after six games, he's going to be a solid flex option for you and. I think you that's, should be in a okay shape to resave your season if you're say two and four, one and five. You can still make the playoffs if you get a good run going, and having D Hop for that turn is going to be huge. That that's about where I would put him too. I'd I'd call him a good flex wide receiver two is still steep, especially because you're he's suspended for the first six games. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think flex is a good place. And to I think start he's in a him. good value pick around the Robert Woods area of the draft. I don't think that anyone's going to look at you with crazy eyes or guess your fantasy football knowledge if you take that guy at that position because i really do think going forward that that's going to be good 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 value um let's see oh james connor uh what are your thoughts on connor almost forgot about the running backs i don't love their offensive line and that's what scares me first and foremost i think connor is being drafted based on the touchdowns that he scored last year i think he had 18 total touchdowns mm-hmm. last year Okay, let's just put one thing out there right up front. He's not scoring 18 yeah, touchdowns he, this year. The thing is, he's got the upside, though, to do better than he did last year because Kenyon Drake's now not there. Well, Kenyon Drake was in I know, and I know he was in there. I'm just saying in general as an overall but, success that he's not in a two-backfield. It's Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin, and Keontae Ingram. Yeah, he's he's for sure the starter. Yes, he's, and he's the he number has one. no one to challenge him. No, he, he doesn't. Um, Daryl Williams is not going to fucking do anything. No, 100%. But I also just don't think Connor I don't I don't think he even sniffs 18 touchdowns. I think 12 to 12 I touchdowns 12 is, is I think 12 is very solid. 12 is about where he'll probably end 10 up. 10 to 12. Cuz Kyler provided Kyler stays healthy, will probably vulture a few a few rushing touchdowns. 
And if you take away six touchdowns off of James Conner's year last year, I mean, that's going to take you down into, let's see, let's see, let's see. He finished James Conner. Why can't I not find this shit? What are you looking for? I'm looking for where Connor finished last year overall. Oh, oh he finished running back five. He had in PPR. 15 tuds. 15 752 rushing. yards, yeah, 202 attempts. 15 rushing touchdowns, three receiving. He had 200. He didn't even average four carry, man. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's that's not very just... efficient as a runner. He had only 700 rushing yards. Um, you take away, call it six touchdowns if he scores. And on average, people that score touchdowns like that, I mean, they, they don't repeat that very often. So I think it's fair to assume he scores significantly less times this year, right? Um, if you take away like the th- 36 points from, from scoring six touchdowns, not even including the yards he gained on any of those touchdowns, that would take uh, take him down into running back 14 territory, which is about where I have him now. Yeah, I don't love James Conner. So I'll take him as a running back too, but I'm also a little bit concerned about his injury history. He's had a tough time staying healthy for the majority of his career too. Mm-hmm. So um, running back two is my my tops for him. I'll take him for sure as a flex. I love having Conner as like a flex. If I can go three running backs in the first three rounds, um, I am very happy getting him as my running back three. Um, two is my cap. But I think you got to temper your expectations with Connor this year because I, I just he scored so much last year and it's just he's he's not going to score as many times this year, and then the, at that point now you're banking on him to, to really up his rushing total um, and receiving, and I don't think they're the type of offense that wants to have a 1,200 yard rusher. I think they would rather have Kyler throwing for a bunch and running for a few of those yards as well. So Connor. Um, like I said, he's 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 great as a running back three, really great as a running back three. He's okay as a running back two. Don't expect running back one production out of him again this year. I don't think he's even in the top ten. My myself. Um, Zach Ertz. Any interest in Zach Ertz this year? I think with Hopkins out the first six year or six weeks, that Zach Ertz is actually going to have a pretty good role. After the week six, though, I get nervous. I just. I liked him as a trade piece last year, getting him like in the mix because of how much I liked Kyler Murray. This season, I don't know that I'm going to love him. He's getting to the hump, man. He he's, really is. He's getting up there. And um, do I hate Max Williams? No. But do I love him right now? No, no. I don't either. No. But going through like my thought process when it comes to this offense – Ultimately, I think down the line at the end of the season, Max Williams and him will be very similar in production. Sure. I think, like I said, the first six weeks, I think he's going to be fine because there will be a lack yeah, of other guys. Yeah, and he's going to have much more target share because yes. of it. Yeah. yeah. But after week six, when Hopkins comes back and starts eating into that target share, it's like, okay, now, now what are you getting out of him? And if I'm picking a tight end, Presumably, you're picking a tight end in the the later rounds, like rounds eight. For the most part, yeah. Eight and later, right, is probably mm-hmm. where you're going to be taking Ertz. If it's down to Ertz, um, Fryermuth, Cole Komet, and some of those oh, other names, the Muth. I would much rather have somebody that I think is going to give me season-long value than mm-hmm. somebody that's going to give me six weeks. Especially someone who, in that opinion, if we're just talking about Pratt Fryermuth, they're much younger, too, with mm-hmm. the position for much more upside. Significantly. So I, it, it's... It's a tough sell to me to to invest a even a eighth or ninth round tenth round sure. pick in a Zach Ertz when I after like I said after week six 
you really don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, I like I, I in the same range, Dallas Goddard would be one that I would probably take over Ertz. Um, TJ Hawkinson for sure. Oh, for sure. Cole Komet, Pat Fryermuth. I mean, those are names Komet, that I, I'm out on that I think are going to give me probably more. At the end of the year, I think yeah, they're going to yeah, give I you more. Yeah, I see your point for sure. So, yeah. Um, How do you feel about the defense, JJ Watt? And the boys. Well, they're not playing Tennessee week one, so that's good. <laughs> I think defensively they are, from an NFL Eesh, defensive yeah. perspective, they're going to be okay. From a fantasy perspective, I don't think they're going to be that great. Like we said, in this division, it's hard to have a defense that you really want playing this many tough, it's tough. games. And the other, the, other time, the other side of the – part of the problem I have with Arizona's defense has nothing to do with their defense at all got more to do with the fact that their offense is so quick hit they want to push the tempo mm-hmm. it forces if the if the yeah offense they might struggles score but they might bit. only be on the field for two minutes and then you're right back out there and if the offense yeah. does go three and out and they only burn 20 seconds or 30 seconds <laughs> off the game clock it puts the defense in a tough spot and yeah they're deep balls so all the incomplete passes are just stopping the clock yeah that's fair so it's it's like yeah, the, the offense is probably going to be pretty good, and the defense talent-wise is okay. They're fine. They got Buda Baker. They got J.J. Watt. They got some names. But no Chandler Jones, though. Yeah, they lost Chandler Jones. That's a huge loss. Mm-hmm. But if you're on the field for an extra 20 plays a game because the offense's tempo is so high. That shit adds up. That adds up. And especially late in the year, I think people start to get gassed easier. It's No one's 100%. No one wants yeah. to get hit anymore. There's just the whole... <laughs> Talent-wise, I think they're fine. They're middle of the road with upside. But for fantasy, it worries me just because it's like I think that they'll give up a lot of yards. Yeah. And I think that in in the same vein, they're going to give up a lot of points. So I think streaming streaming category is where I've got it. If, if they're playing Seattle, like, okay, I'll stream the defense, mm-hmm. you know, depending on who's out there or whatever. But as a as a week to week starter, I'm passing on Arizona. There's other teams that I would much rather have a defense on. So they made the playoffs last year. They did. It was the wild card correct, or did they miss? I feel like they missed. You have me second guessing. They were absolutely in position, but then they choked on the stretch. I think they got in. Oh, I been... know. I'm. I don't know why I don't know that either. There would have been three teams in that division in the playoffs, though. So that. Um, who, who would they have played? Fuck. Um, well, Bengals beat the Raiders. Bills beat the Patriots. Bucks beat the Eagles. 49ers beat the Cowboys. Yep, so the, the Cardinals did not make yeah, it. Yeah, I know. The yeah, they did. Did they? They played the Rams. Oh, yeah, because didn't they play them in week 17, too? Yeah, the Rams shit on them. I think they play them. 34 to 11. Yeah, didn't they play them like two weeks in a row or something? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, anyway, they, they so they did make the playoffs. Barely. I know they yeah, barely so got there. they're getting a second... Second place schedule, Ugh. which is going to be tough. As I just, I don't know how many options they're going to have, but the weeks where they have good weeks or like good uh, matchups, I think that their defense is going to they're going to provide limited. solid fantasy upside. All right. Well, if anything else for that division, no, uh, I think we touched on all the bases. Yeah, we're um, through the grind of the thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah, 32 up, 32 down. Thus, the fun starts. Yeah, so we're going to come at you next time, and it, we'll be back in a couple days here uh, going over, probably going to be looking at quarterbacks and running back rankings. I think I will will still yet to be determined um, 
how far down the rankings list we go. It's not like we're going to go, oh, top 50 running backs. No, probably 25. At most, I would say. Just mm-hmm. to, you know how we get. We can be long-winded. We like to bullshit. And get a little sidetracked. Yeah, we do that. We do have a tendency to go off on tangents like I'm doing right now. Um, so, yeah, we'll hit you with the quarterbacks and running backs next. And then after that, we're going to follow it up with wide receivers and tight ends. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, go to the pass catchers. And then after that, we're I'm super excited. We're going to get into some mock drafting. Yes, so, that's what I'm looking um, forward to. It's really looking forward time. to that one. Uh, that'll, I'm sure, bring up a couple of spirited debates. Um, I can't imagine that it won't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already looking at you knowing exactly what the fuck you're talking about. So. Yep. Um, so that's that's going to be fun. Uh, stay tuned in the future. Um, thanks again for, for tuning in and, and listening. Uh, we yeah, we we're, appreciate we're... Uh, all two of you that listen to us. Um, wow. <laughs> really, really low, really low selling us there. Uh, we will hit you with several more episodes coming forward. You just need to hit us with a like, follow, and subscribe, you little fucks. Yeah, yeah, do it up. Um, we appreciate y'all, and we will be back probably sooner than you'd like us to be. So thank fair you enough. very much, and we will talk to you soon. All right, bye.